Good evening, friends and family, and welcome to a Safe Space Radio on Radio Free Brooklyn. Tonight, July 24th, 2021, we are rebroadcasting an interview from about five years ago with Robert Downey Sr. and my co-host at the time, Catherine Dunn. I was deeply saddened to hear of Mr. Downey's passing on the 7th of this month. His contributions to counterculture, anti-establishment filmmaking were absolutely immeasurable. And he had been nothing but kind to me since I first befriended his son and namesake in nursery school when I was just four years old. Here now is mine and Catherine's interview with Robert Downey Sr., a prince. We are super excited about tonight's show. Yeah, we are. Do you have the uh, Do you have the other one? Where she keeps saying "ass radio." Yeah. You know I do. That's got to be part of our intro tonight. That's so heartwarming. I know. <laughs> I love it. I love that she loves it. Me too. Also, you're, you're her favorite person. Face boy. Face boy. You want to hear face boy? Face boy. What about face girl? Yeah, what about face girl? Yeah. I don't know. I think, I think that was a pity pledge. I think she really just likes you. <laughs> well, I am Face Boy. And I am Face Girl. And with us in the studio is a phone. It's true. Yep. And that means that anything can happen. Yeah, we're going to be calling Robert Downey Sr. Maybe you've heard of him. In about 15 minutes. One five. About one five. Yeah. But we- I don't have the clock in front of me. We'll never Freedom know. Pad's not we working. will never know. I had to look over there into the, into the little numbers. Oh, and I know how you love little numbers. Your 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 phone is gig- like the numbers in your phone are gigantic. gigantic. Everything's gigantic in yeah. your phone. Yeah, it's, people make fun of me in my big font. Yeah, as as they should. Because I need reading glasses. Yeah. So instead of you know busting out my glasses every time I look at my phone, big font. Yeah. Big old font. I got a big old font. <laughs> Ooh, sorry, I fonted. So we're, mature. We're all a little fonty today. So, uh, if you're a regular listener um, and are used to the ass drinking game, we are not going to do the ass drinking game tonight. No. In uh, solidarity to the Downey sobriety. Solidarity sobriety. Solidarity sobriety. Yes. This doesn't mean that you can't drink at home if you want to every time we say ass. We're just not going to make a thing of it. Right, right. I mean, I'll be taking a sip of my Bruce Cost ginger ale, unfiltered, jasmine tea flavored. And I'll be shooting up. Yeah. I mean, you know, just a little bump. <laughs> no, no, no. Mm-mm. So should we test the phone with a, a prank with a, with a prank call to McDonald's yeah. first? Yeah, yeah. All right. What, what, I'm do, sad what do you want to do with them? 
Oh, I like the the the, the big family. You, you the like, big old like. Oh, I'm... You like the morbidly obese person. Oh, why don't we call and try to order food from them? Okay. Like act like it's a delivery service. Do you want to be old people? Yes. Okay. Good. And I'm gonna take real long to say everything. <laughs> Hello. Show. <laughs> That little farty noise was me drinking Bruce Koss ginger ale, unfiltered, which I love. Uh, this morning was my birthday. Oh, we're going. Please press one or just stay on the line. For anything related to employment at McDonald's or for information on obtaining a W-2 form, please Sound press quality's two. Sound quality good. Yeah. I forget what we're supposed to do. To tell us about your experience at a McDonald's restaurant, just say feedback. Probably that. You can that. also say nutrition or ingredients, Try. restaurant address and phone information, mobile app help, or it's something else. Something else. Something else. <laughs> something else. You can also say arch cards, Speak Wi-Fi, to a okay. representative. Speak to a representative. Because your call is so important to us, it will be recorded for quality assurance. Yeah. <laughs> Again. If your call is regarding feedback about your recent experience at one of our restaurants, Does that make the it call more recording legal may that... be shared with the McDonald's franchise owner or others that make it more legal that, for restaurant you know, they, operations. That we all know it's Lastly, being recorded? You are invited legal? To participate yeah, because if somebody doesn't know they're being recorded, oh, yeah. then that's we're, kind of illegal. We're the jerks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're the problem. But since... Please stay on the line. I mean, they know that it's being recorded. They just don't know that it's being recorded both ways. Right. And I'll yeah. connect you to the next available agent. Wow. Oh, pleasant. I just want a Big Mac right now. <laughs> I'm having a Big Mac attack. Yeah. I think their food is heavenly. I want those two all-beef patties. Ooh. Special sauce. I want them stuck between those pretty buns. <laughs> Lettuce, cheese. All beef. That's right. You can also smell like a burger. All right. So, did you hear? How sexy is this music? So, did you hear about this? this? I think this is a great thing. Even though I'm not crazy about the guardian angels, because you know their their leader turned out to be kind of full of shit. Isn't he like a mattress salesman or something? No, he's selling used cars. He's doing okay. commercials for used cars. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it was something like that. <laughs> Curtis Lewa. Yeah, this is a great way to plug his business. <laughs> Don't knock it. <laughs> yeah, right. So there's a new chapter of mm-hmm. the Guardian Angels. It's all women, and they're the perv police. Nice. And they're they're you know going on subways and shit. I, I like to call myself the perv police. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so they they go on. They're they're going on the subways, uh-huh. and there's you know some guy some guy off some guy some jacking guy. off yakking wagging. Uh, they uh, I don't know kick his ass that's great or or detain him until the the real police can get there <laughs> that's only gonna make him set like hotter <laughs> 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 like all these women with breasts just like stand down i've got you <laughs> it's like his best fan now people were it's gonna promote jerking off on the train that's what's gonna happen i want to i want to get i want to get busted by the perv police yeah oh god i'm a real perv frisk me <laughs> frisk me officer frisk, frisk me. me creepers Thank you for calling McDonald's. This is Christine. How can I help you today? Hello, Christine. 
How are you today? I'm fine. How are you? I'm doing very well. I enjoy Good. the McDonald's products very much. I'm calling to see my wife is on the line too. Hello. If you guys do, if do you folks do delivery? I can't leave the house, but I'm hungry. She's having a Big Mac attack, and we want to know if there's a way to have a delivery done, because... I'm having that attack. It's difficult to this leave. This is a business line. Is this a legitimate call? I'm not sure what you mean. I haven't used any profanity. I've not said no, anything you have not. that um, seems unbusinesslike. I, I was wondering if you do delivery. Um, we do not do delivery. Okay, I do Christine. apologize. Well, that, that's all I wanted to know. I don't know why it had to be something where you was offended by me and my wife. No, I'm not offended at all. We get so many questions and concerns, and some of them are legitimate, some of them are not. So we just, as representatives, are we, we need to ask. I see. That's well, just a standard call, a standard question. Well, thank you so very much for your time, Christine, and I guess I'll order me a pizza pie. You're welcome. Have a have a great weekend. Enjoy your fourth. Okay, you too. Thank you. <laughs> every time, every time. At this point, I want to play a game to see how long it takes them to say, "Is this a legitimate business call?" I also love that they're like, "We get a lot of prank calls." Yeah, probably around seven p.m. on a Saturday. <laughs> Is that when you get them? We're pretty easy on her, though, weren't we? Yeah, it was pretty. Easy. Oh man, you I were was, so nice to her. I was nice to yeah, her. Yeah, because nice. you didn't have it. I mean, you should have just been like, "Is it because I'm old?" <laughs> <laughs> I haven't used any profanity. <laughs> Just drawn out the last. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man, we do not deliver. Really? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I should have ordered anyway. I'm sorry. I dropped out when she called us out. I was like, oh, the jig is up. I should have just tried to order. Okay, well, how long will it take to get here? <laughs> <laughs> Is there any way I could get McDonald's at home? <laughs> well, the sound quality is good. Yeah, so that we, we accomplished what we needed. That was a technical yes. call. That was, that was a legitimate, well, that was yeah. legitimate business yeah. call. For ass. Ass. Oh, yes. I'm going to have some Bruce Cost ginger ale unfiltered. <laughs> oh, I forgot to write that down in our notes about uh, sponsoring the show. Oh, yeah, it's important because we're not going to get to all those notes. Yeah, so let's get to that stuff let's, first. Yeah, let's say that since, you know, why not? And uh, and also helping out the station. So if you if you enjoyed your first 10 minutes with us here on Ass Radio and say, wow, I just have to support the station, I have to support this show. If you want to support the station, go to RadioFreeBrooklyn.com slash pledge. And if you want to support this show. Specifically. Specifically, go to Radio Free Brooklyn. Look for Art Star Scene Radio, and when you get to the page, there'll be a bu little button that says Sponsor. And then we get a sex machine. Yes, we're right? trying to raise money that's to get a Sibian, <laughs> even though works. Howard Stern has one. Oh, now we got to get something else. How about one of those real lady robots? Oh, a real doll? But like robot. Do you robot. have any idea how much they cost? Thousands. They cost thousands. A Sibian is like twelve hundred. A Still real doll. In the thousands. A real doll is like six thousand. Yeah. So so it's like you know lots of rent or just like a month. 
<laughs> it's up to you, listeners. <laughs> Why don't we get two Sibians? Yeah. Yeah. Howard Stern has one. We'll have two. That's right. Yeah. Uh, I think his doesn't go inside, so maybe you can get one of the. Meh, 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 meh. That's me using my fist to show, <laughs> like a dildo going in and out. I'm so glad we're going to class this show up in a minute. <laughs> I know we're going to class it up soon with a with Maverick director, yeah, Robert Downey Sr. Oh, Maverick! You mean like from Top Gun? Half of Iron Man's DNA came out of this man's penis. Uh, we believe, yeah, out of his peepee dicky. He peepee dicky. What's that from? I know That's that. from Putney Swope. Oh, yes. There's men, beer Smoking. is for men <laughs> who dicky. like sports and doubt their masculinity. And it's all just pee-pee dicky, right? Wasn't <laughs> yeah. it all just pee-pee dicky? Yeah. and it's all pee-pee dicky. Nice. And that, like, yeah, you, you got to see the film Putney Swope. Yeah. To get half the references that we're going to be busting out for the next year. Year. Yeah. <laughs> for the next year. How many syllables, Mario? How many syllables, Mario? <laughs> She's got to have soul. The Borm Putney says the Borman Six girl has got to have soul. Don't you think she's got to have soul? You got in here on a Hummer. We yeah. don't know what that means, but we're, we're going to ask we, him about we're that. We're going to find out. We have no idea. Because a Hummer, as far as I know, is a blowjob. Or a car. Or a car in or which car. to receive a blowjob or give a blowjob. All right. Should we call him now? Oh, my God. Are we God. ready? I don't know. He'll know. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a little nervous. Why? I don't know. No, not really. Oh, this is just part of your game. I'm so nervous. I'm so nervous. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. He's not sorry. He's just jerking off. <laughs> it's exciting when you dial because nothing's going on. <laughs> um, oh, man. It's happening. Hello. Hi, Robert. It's Frank. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> and Catherine is also here, my co-host. Uh, I introduced you to her. And uh, we're on the air, and thank you so much for doing this. Yeah, thank you. Oh, yeah. You're coming in a little low. Okay, I'll try to... Is this a little better? Yeah. Okay, good. I'll get right up in the mic so you can hear me. So one thing that you had mentioned is that you did an internet radio before, a podcast, and you said there was a little story that had to do with Elliot Gould. Thought I'd start with that. Well, it was uh, he was in California, and I was here, and Nick Dawson, do you know him? I do not. He wrote the book about Hal Ashby called Being Hal Ashby, and he, he now works at a magazine. He's a... And a film editor, uh, how should I say this? It's an editor at a filmmaking magazine. And he had the two of us on, and it was just fun. I had never met him, and yet we were having this talk. And at the very end, when we thought we were off the air, he talked about some, uh, I don't know, press agent, a, f a female press agent, when he was on a tour to publicize a film, who he said, invited me up to a room and fucked me. <laughs> and, and, and I said, is, is, that's not going to be on the air, is it? And Nick says, maybe. <laughs> and that's how the show ended. And, and, did, it, and did they keep that? Yeah. Good. <laughs> yeah, People that's, told me they heard it. That's, that's what I like about uh, not having any FCC. Wow. Yeah. Well, I've subsequently met Elliot when I went out to California when they had the, actually Robert did a whole showing of my stuff out there. And then 
met him, and then I've met him back here a few times earlier because he's a real sweet guy. I would love the opportunity to meet him. He's, he seems, I mean, he's so talented. Yeah, he's, he's been around, and he's, he's a very, very sweet guy. Um, so another thing you didn't want to talk about was, <laughs> <laughs> but you said you would talk about it on the show. You recently turned 80. And this was, I believe, on the 24th of the month. And you didn't want to talk about your birthday. Do you want to tell me why? Wait till you get close to 80 and see how you feel. (laughs) (laughs) Well, my mother's 83, and when she turned 80, she had the big party. You know, her her siblings flew in, and, uh, you know, we, we, we took over a restaurant in the neighborhood. And it was, you know, it's a milestone. It's like you win. Well, that's what happened. It, it t- turned into a, a surprise thing. Uh, Robert and his wife and a whole bunch of other people f- flew in and joined up, and I was my wife was in on it. And we went to the Whitney, and then we were going to go have dinner with her sister. And suddenly, we turn a corner, and there's like 30 people there. Oh, that's great! Wow. Yeah, it was fun. It was fun, and then he split the next day, but it was outrageous, you know. I'm so glad to so hear that. that. Was good, fun. good. Yeah. Yeah. Outrageous! I love it. But eighty is the new ninety. Yes, it is. <laughs> ninety is the new hundred. <laughs> My, you, that's good. Do you ever uh, play any cards, or, um, uh, for example, Frank's mother is eighty-three, so he uses that as an excuse for everything. Uh, do you ever play the eighty-four card? The 80 card. The 80 card. Or actually, it would have been 79. So, yeah. like, my mother, if she doesn't want to go somewhere, she goes, I'm 83. I don't want to go. And sometimes I'll play the 83 card. I'll go, well, you know, my mom's 83. I got to take care of her. <laughs> so that's, that's good. how I get out of shit. Do you ever, um, do you ever play that card? No, but uh, Alan Arkin, who's a friend, is in his 80s now. And about a year ago, he called and left the following message on my answering machine which I guess is voicemail mm-hmm. same thing right <laughs> yes um, you can see I'm technically interested right <laughs> oh yeah uh, anyway the message was Alan here Bob you leave the house <laughs> that was it <laughs> was it a question or a statement <laughs> that was a question Okay. That was the message. <laughs> Meaning, you know, we're not allowed out, are we? <laughs> no, obviously not. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny because you eventually just do that to yourself. It used to be a punishment. <laughs> now we yeah, don't want to exactly. leave. Right? So you're coming in a little low. Oh, I'll come. Is that better? Let me go to my other hearing aid. Hang on. All right. Are you there? Yeah, we're here. Yep, we're both here. It's a little better this side. Okay. All right. I read uh, a bunch of articles, interviews uh, about you because I didn't want to come in feeling stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Not like that college uh, professor. (laughs) Oh, God, yeah. Let's start with that. Yeah? Yeah. All right. So when we were at the screening for Putney Swope, there was a Q&A afterwards. And this guy, I remember so distinctly, he, he raises his hand and he goes, well, you know, I've never seen your films before, and I haven't read anything about uh, what you do. I wasn't uh, even alive when I came out. I wasn't even alive out. when it came out. And people start laughing already. And, uh, 
And then he tries to, you know, excuse himself. He goes, well, I'm a college professor. And, uh, I remember that. Yeah. <laughs> and I grade a lot of papers. And sometimes I don't know what the point is for the papers that I'm grading. So what was the point of your movie? <laughs> I do remember him. Yeah. <laughs> We've been making fun of him since that day. <laughs> We've been making fun of, of College Boy since that oh day. Oh, my God. Because <laughs> we couldn't well, help it. But you were pretty easy on him. You, you just said it was fun. Well, yeah, that's all we were doing was having fun. There was nothing heavy about it. Well, no, but it's clearly there, there was it was commentary on the advertising industry. It was commentary on race relationships. There were so many points in Putney Swope. College professor, oh, please. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I guess that's true. But what's happened is back then the film was um, somewhat treated as being uh, offensive, okay? Now it's just fun. <laughs> <laughs> Were you going for offensive? Are you upset that it's now just fun? No, no, it's just what we, I guess the, you guys weren't around. I was four. 19, you, you I, was, be, I was around your like apartment. You, yeah, but you know what I mean. Yeah, you I do. You weren't watching news, and, and, and neither was I, and knowing the world were, and we were just doing what we were doing. And, and again, back to, you know, repeating myself, having fun. And, and now it looks like that. It does. It does. Rather than being some heavy analytical thing, you know. And all the films now are treated much better in the last two years. Than your they films. Were back then. Your uh, films are your films are treated better. Yeah. Right. Mine. Yeah. Yeah. I've uh, in in a lot of the interviews you've said. Uh, well, Putney Swope, for example, nobody wanted it. That's true. Up, up until then, my er, earlier films, the three before that, uh, were all uh, shown in Greenwich Village on, at the Bleecker Street Center or the Gate Theater. So when we, Putney Soap was finished, uh, we couldn't get anybody to distribute it. And, and, and the last guy who came to look at it owned all the theaters. He owned Cinema 1, 2, 3, if there is a 3, I forget, and uh, the Plaza and the Fifth Avenue and the Beekman. And it goes on and on. And he, he he came out of the screening and he said, I don't get it, but I like it. <laughs> I've said that about a lot and of things. he said, I want to open it in a couple of weeks. Uh, and they started, you know, because he owned the theater. He could pick the right theater. It was Cinema 2 and whatever. And he came up with that ad. I don't know if I talked about it that night. Uh, that said, up Madison Avenue with a finger. Yes. Whatever. And uh, I said, the ad's better than the movie. He said, don't ever say that again. <laughs> it's bad for advertising. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I, we got lucky when we thought we weren't even going to be able to have it shown. And he totally leaned into it, too. Like, totally and, accepted it. And then you got that boost from Jane Fonda on The Tonight Show. That's right. That's right. I've never met her, but... What a solid that was. Yeah, yeah, that definitely must have helped. Would you mind relaying the story about how Greaser's Palace got funded? How Greaser's Palace got funded? Yes. Is that what you want me to do? I can't, I'll tell you why I can't do it. Okay. <laughs> if, if, the, if the person who produced the movie and put up the money heard what I would say, 
I'd be in big trouble. <laughs> oh, man. All right, well, I know the story, and I'll tell Catherine after the show. Can't wait for yeah, the please. after show. Yes. <laughs> oh, I love it. Uh, <laughs> I love that we can tell that other story, Wait, but not that. Frankie, where did you hear it? I've been reading. I've been reading articles like all week, interviews that you've given, and uh, and it was in one of them. It might have been in the really, Alice. I'm, God, what a jerk I was. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Where did God. you hear it? I refuse to say it out loud. <laughs> I think it was the Alice Wilson interview. I don't know if you remember well, who's her. Who's that? I, I, I guess you don't remember her. She did a really good interview. Um, I don't, it was a, a couple of years ago, and she clearly knew all of your movies, like backwards and forwards, and uh, and she she was very knowledgeable about. She's got that. to have and, soul. And she also asked questions about uh, personal questions, but they were framed in a way that were um, not uh, invasive. Thank you. That's why I have a co-host. That were not invasive. <laughs> You should read the Alice. You should read the Alice Wilson interview on that you. you did, yeah. That you did. <laughs> you should check out that interview you did. You might like it. It was very good. So you know, I don't want to get her riled up. You know, we can't stand each other. <laughs> All right. Nice. Although, as time wore on, she kind of she hated the film. I'm not going to keep doing this. In terms of her, can you trim that out? Oh, it's live. We'll we'll just move on. We're, we're oh, it's move already on. gone into the into the ether, into the cloud, huh? Yeah. Yeah. But we will. Right. But we will just move right on. Move right on. All right. Um, actually, I wanted to share something with you that this is kind of touching, and uh, I can't believe I have this. This was a letter that I received in November of 1970. That was written by your son. Seventy. Yes. Really. Yes. Hold on a minute. Let me get my glasses. Aww. <laughs> and it was from. It was by mail, and it was from the uh, transatlantic French line. That's right. Mm-hmm. So it's dated Friday, October twenty-third, nineteen seventy. Dear Frankie, I miss you very much, and your mother. I hope you can visit us sometime. The boat has bunk beds, and it's fun. It has everything you need for four days. (laughs) (laughs) Four days. (laughs) I got a haircut today. There are two playrooms for children. There are lots of pinball machines and horsey rides. I miss your whole family and Marilyn and Polar Bear. Those were our cats. This is the biggest ship I've ever been on. Love, Bobby. And then there's another one to my brother. Dear John, I miss you too. (laughs) <laughs> the end. <laughs> there is a big swimming pool on our boat, and we are going swimming tomorrow. The name of this big, big boat is the French Line. Someday, I hope you can come visit me. Someday, the whole family will come to visit you. Love, Bobby. Uh, we will. Wow. S- we will send you our address from England when we have one. That's nice. Isn't that nice to have that after yeah. all these years? Yeah. I couldn't wait to get out of England. Really? My, uh, no, I went over there to write, and uh, some of the people I met right away, all they talked about was the air raids in the Second World War. Like, that was great. As in a good thing? I mean, to them it was. Wow. Wow. In other words, that's what all they could 
they, I wasn't asking any questions. That's what they seemed to be talking about, about back when Churchill and this and that and that and this. And, and I didn't like it that much. And I went, they were showing two of my films over there. And I went to the theater. And I said to, to my wife, I said, we've we got to check out what's going on with the audiences. We walked in. There was nobody watching. There was nobody in the theater. Sounds like one of my shows. <laughs> <laughs> so that was a new one. Oh, speaking of movie theaters, uh, there was a, you told me about this, Faith Boy, about how many movies he's not seen. Oh, yeah. I read an interview with, with, uh, with Junior, and he said that you would, you would take him to the movies, and most of the time you'd walk out. <laughs> it was crap. He said that, yeah. Well, he said yeah. that. Is that an exaggeration? No, not most <laughs> of the time, but sometimes. Sometimes. Yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah, I couldn't take it. <laughs> what was it? it? Was, I mean, it was just stuff that was going on, like, you know, the, the usual Hollywood kind of film. You know, the, and we were living in Connecticut then, and we, we mostly what came up there was not stuff you'd really want to talk about, you know, so we would go just to hope. And once in a while, we'd catch a movie that was interesting. But the mainstream films, yeah, at that era, they, there wasn't a lot of great stuff. No, and, and now it's worse. Yeah. The only thing saving anything is that uh, television now is doing stuff with good acting and these long forms like Breaking Bad and The Sopranos and other stuff. I mean, that's where I want to go now. In fact, I'm working on something. Hopefully, it's going to go there, short form. Anything you want to talk about, or you don't usually do that before? No, something's later. Done? See if it's real. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, but um, I mean, the thing is that most movies are too long. I agree. <laughs> I agree entirely. Right. And so now, with the the time thing, if you have a half-hour show and you only do 23 minutes, nobody's going to bother you because you're not on a network. Do you like Internet, like uh, Netflix, Hulu, things like that? No, I, 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 I've only sent one email in my life, and it took an hour. <laughs> oh, I'm so my curious. Wife, my wife does all that stuff. I can't. I haven't got enough time left, even if I make it into the 90s, to be fooling around with all that stuff. I mean, people tell me about it. And it's interesting information when they say, did you hear this or hear that? And it's also nice that you can do a radio show and say fuck and shit and all that kind of stuff. You don't have to yeah, be censored. Yeah, finally, huh? Finally. <laughs> finally. And there was a you lot. Know, do you remember Bob Fass or are you too young? I think I'm a bit too young. Well, check him out. He was on WBAI. Okay. He, and he was on, I think, from midnight till 3 or 4 in the morning. And he had everybody on. And he played music all night and whatever. And about a year ago, this young filmmaker and, and his wife made a film about him. And it showed at the uh, film forum, I think. I forget the name of it. But if you, I guess, Google or something, Bob Fass. F-A-S-S. I think you'll find him interesting. I think I probably would. Yeah, he was, um, he was like the, 
I don't know, like the tent where everybody showed up to express themselves in the way the world was going, musically and politically and this and that and that and this. And he was fun, too. He actually showed a film of mine a couple of years ago. He He's not on that much anymore because BAI has flipped to another kind of point of view. Uh, he had me run a film on the radio. If you can follow that. I'm, I'm trying to. I brought a... He said, bring a film. We'll, we'll look at it on the radio. So it was like so a reaction? It was funny to do it. So you... What did he you ran do? the whole thing. It was an hour long, I think. Oh, God. <laughs> did you do commentary or... Or, or did you just... We did everything. To... We talked. I'd okay. say, well, that was the day we did this or that, or then we'd let the film play for a little while, and whatever, whatever. And it was fun. It was interesting. That is a good idea. So when did when did what when did Bob Fast start? Like, what is the era of his career? Sixties, mm, I think. Yeah, I, I asked that. So because, that's before the DVD thing. Oh yeah, that's long before that. I asked oh, no, that because well, the DVD thing was just a couple of years ago. Yeah, I asked that because I know that you're and I am a fan of Lenny Bruce. And would Bob Fast take the risk of putting Lenny Bruce on? Do you know anything about that? He would. He would if he could, I'm sure. I mean, he didn't... He would do stuff that was wild. He had, I think he had Dylan on before anybody really knew much about him. and uh, He had people come in and just sit down in this little studio and two or three musicians and just play. Then he played a record. And then he had somebody call in. And uh, it was just wild. And here he is, many years later, a couple of years ago, he's down to one night a week. And uh, out comes this film, which shows you who he was. I'll definitely look into that. Yeah, he's a sweet guy. So, and that whole era, um, the 60s and 70s in Greenwich Village, you know, I was just, I was too young to really know what was going on, but you got to really be a part of it. Are there particular shows or musicians or clubs or comedians that stand yeah, out? Yeah, there is. Uh, there was a theater called The Garrick on Bleecker Street, like three doors down from the Bleecker Street Cinema. And they showed movies and then suddenly they put Frank Zappa in the theater for a year wow so that's where we would head a couple of times a month over just to see what he was up to and and he lasted for a year a whole year doing like just music or yeah wow yeah and I must say that he was the first big band I saw in the rock area uh, of music back then. I mean, he, he, in the beginning, when he first showed up, he, he didn't have many lyrics. <laughs> it was just big music, and it was amazing. And then he started being satiric and stuff like that. And But he's done so much music uh, that he, he could probably play a month without repeating himself. Wow. More than likely, yeah. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah. Do you think that year helped him develop that? Uh, like having that year to do that at the Garrick, do you think that helped him develop that? I think you're right. I think he was just, you know, finding himself in New York because he's a California guy. 
That's a great opportunity for any artist. Wow. Yeah. Yeah, and there was, you know, the Cafe Wa on, on the McDougal Street, and there were happenings at the Judson Church, and folk sit-ins in Washington Square. And it was just a great time. I actually taught Sunday school at Judson Church for a few years. Really? And you know. Yeah, I do. <laughs> I do. I know about Judson Church. I learned all about their history. I was fortunate enough to get to meet <clears throat> Reverend Howard Moody. And that's I, him, yep. Yeah, that's the guy, right? Yep. And uh, I, I forget worked... the, the dancer-singer who came out of there who was very avant-garde. Oh. She's still around. Not Madonna. I can't remember her name. <laughs> I can't remember Great. her name either, but I know who you're talking about. Yeah, good. I wanted to ask you about a line in Putney Swope that I, that, I mean, I get most of it, but I didn't get this. The line, you got in here on a Hummer. Now, to me, a Hummer, <laughs> what does it mean? You got in here on a mistake. A Hummer means a mistake? A jive Hummer, it says. Oh, all right. A jive Hummer? Yeah, meaning you got in here, uh, that's the Arab talking. Oh, that's funny. On a jive Hummer. A jive Hummer. I mean, that's that's his word. You know, some of these lines don't come from me. Because to me, a Hummer is, is a blowjob. And I was, and <laughs> you got in here on, on a, a jive blowjob. Blow <laughs> or a car. Yeah. Or a car, right. It's a blowjob <laughs> or a car. And I'm like, I didn't see either of those. <laughs> I didn't see the car or the blowjob in the film. <laughs> All right. Well, that's cleared up. It's, do you? That's good. Do you ever invent words? I like to. Like, for example, crafting. That's one I've made up. It's crying and laughing, and I'm pretty sure my upstairs neighbors are doing it all the time. Do you like to? <laughs> that's good. Thank you. Do you yeah, well, words are fun if they, like, you probably notice in the films that sometimes I have characters just repeat something over and over again how many syllables mario <laughs> that's right and that guy you know, he wouldn't soul. stop <laughs> i love it just i love let that. him go <laughs> and uh the borman six girl has got to have soul thank you <laughs> <laughs> now you're saying for that scene the people that weren't on camera were under the table was that old man under the table i don't remember okay <laughs> <laughs> If he if he was, it must have been tough getting him under there. Oh, just putting him in a box, shoving him under. <laughs> just just for the listeners. Maybe uh, we put him behind a curtain. Who knows? Uh, uh, Robert. He was great. Uh, Hal Ashby um, actually used him in a film called The Landlord. Oh wow! As the landlord? Which, no, just a tiny part. But uh, then somebody else used him somewhere else. And then I used him again. He was a lovely guy. He was just having the time of his life. I think he he and the guy who played the Arab started talking once on Pound to each other. He was on Pound, too. And they were talking to each other. And he was convinced that Tony Vargas, who was in his 20s, and he, who was then in his 80s, had been in vaudeville together. <laughs> Oh, that's so cute. I've definitely seen that look on people's faces where they're like, I know you from the 70s. It's like, no, I, I'm, it's impossible. That's it. Wow. That's it. But that uh, university place was great, and I've passed the school where you and Robert went. Oh, uh, Junior High School 104. 
where we where we went no, to theater the church, classes. Weren't you in the church? Oh yeah, we first met in nursery school uh, at uh, at um, uh, the First Presbyterian Church on Twelfth Street. That's right. That's right. Uh, Elsie tells told me the story that uh, when she first brought Robert in, uh, the teacher actually pointed me out and said, "Do you see that angelic little boy over there?" And Elsie <laughs> said, "Yes." And she goes, you wouldn't believe. <laughs> and then when she came to pick up Robert, <laughs> Bobby says, this is my new best friend, Frankie. <laughs> <laughs> did, uh, did it ever seem to you that I was going to be trouble when, uh, when, we got, uh, when we first became friends? No. Hmm. Good. No, I didn't think I, <laughs> but, the only thing I remember about that, that lost was... Like I was coming home one day across, I guess, uh, for university in 13th somewhere, and Robert was scaling LPs out the window. What? <laughs> like Frisbee? Mine. Yeah. Yours. <laughs> yeah. Was he protesting the music, or did he just like doing it? I think he was just doing it. <laughs> okay. You know. <laughs> Were there any? But that... that was a great. That was a great little area. Yeah, we used to, um, we used to, you know, those those uh, dodgeball, those little red balls that you use for dodgeball. Um, we used to go to the roof of the of the of the church in nursery school, and we used to chuck those off the off the roof rather often. <laughs> <laughs> now you're gonna get him in trouble. No I'm kidding. <laughs> Sounds right. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Mischief makers. We were little troublemakers. So cute, though. Um, Did you it, guys happen to catch the uh, Spotlight movie? Uh, the movie Spotlight. Is that the movie about um, the church and how they exposed them? Yes. Okay, I wanted to see that. Guys, you gotta. Okay, I have a copy. We're going to watch it together. Good. Oh, great. It's beautifully made. Yeah. This is one time the, the system did the right thing. Okay. I had, I had watched some of it. I began. I began watching. I began to watch it, and I just wasn't all that into it. And then a friend of mine said, "No, you just got to plow through the first, you know, fifteen minutes, and then it really gets it gets good." So uh, that's now two people who I respect have told me I got to watch this movie. And so you know, he doesn't movie. watch bad movies. He yes. would have turned it off. <laughs> you would have walked out. <laughs> if it was in the theater. So you know it's good. I want. I, I want to clear something up here. So. Pound is listed as Junior's first film, but I think it's Chafed Elbows. One, oh, because he was inside Elsie. And also, I'm pretty sure I saw at least one uh, baby photo. One baby photo. That might be Allison. Ooh. Ah. From earlier, before, way before we made the film. Okay. Because of a still. They were all stills. A lot of it was stills. Yeah. Yes. All right. Well, I'm going to look into it more. I'm going to, so I'm going to figure this out. How do you guys do this show? Once a week. And and does, who do you do it for? Yourselves? <laughs> <laughs> I think deep down the answer is yes. <laughs> deep down the answer but, is yes. But I mean, yes. you, well, the studio where you work, are they interested in what you're doing? We hope. Well, it's the most listened to uh, show on the station, so that's pretty good. That is good. Yeah, we're happy about that. We, we hope to continue that way. And uh, I've 
been doing this for a year now, and it's just really fun. It's like one of the first things in entertainment that I feel completely comfortable doing. I know that you've said uh, that you've, you've acted, but you've said you don't really feel like an actor. I kind of feel the same way. <laughs> you know, I've done a lot of acting, but I don't feel that great as an actor. And I've done a lot of different things, but this has just gelled for me. I like it. I mean, are you having, do you feel you're having some fun? Oh, you mean right now? Yeah. I'm all right. Okay. (laughs) I swear you'd have more fun here. In the (laughs) studio. In the studio. Well, unfortunately, Frank didn't uh, ask me to come. Oh, he did. Oh, yes, I did. I said, Bushwick. (laughs) I said, would you come to this? I wouldn't do that. Yeah, that's what he mentioned. (laughs) That you were just like, no, absolutely not. (laughs) Brooklyn? I'm afraid of those bridges. Really? Is that it? Oh, yeah. That's shaky stuff. There's there's no. uh, there's no way out if anybody crashes into each other. You're going over. Wow. Wow. So That's do you... how I see it anyway. So you obviously do leave the island, but how do you... How often do you leave New York City? Not too much. I mean, I uh, made a film about five or six, seven years ago that um, was shot in Philly, so I'd take the train back and forth. I'd be fine. Because was... you don't fly either, right? No. And why is that? I was in one in the 50s that crash-landed, and I never could get past it. I mean, I flew after that, but when I finally got back to the States and uh, got back to New York, I said, you know, I never want to do it again. And I did it once or twice, and that just was shaking all over the place. So I just don't want to be cured of that foible. That's wow. understandable. I have a fear of British children singing. I have no idea why, but we all... Uh, you, you just know it's true. <laughs> <laughs> just a couple more questions, if you don't mind. No. Okay, good. I don't. Oh, good. <laughs> um, so in 1968, you were making a film, and you dressed as a Confederate soldier, and without permission from anybody, walked into Yankee Stadium, onto the field oh. of Yankee Stadium. Yeah, Catherine doesn't know about it's this. amazing. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, the, 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 there was an actor who was, was supposed to play the part of the Civil War soldier who wakes up 100 years later. And when I mentioned you might have to walk on the field, he said, I'm not doing that. So I did it. Wow. Were you scared? um, The Daily News printed a thing in the sports section the following day that said a man dressed as a Civil War soldier walked on the field and said, where are the Yankees? (laughs) (laughs) And what we did was we went back and filmed... The Civil War guy, when he gets thrown out of Yankee Stadium, going over to a garbage can and pulling a newspaper out, and he reads what I just told you was in the paper. That's great. Not great. <laughs> it is. I, I, I but can... I was. What happened was, this might be of interest. That when they took me downstairs, the guy said, "Are you crazy or what? What are you doing?" And I said, "Well, we're making a film." And the cameramen, there are two of them, they'll be here shortly. He said, they better be here. (laughs) I'm not doing this for nothing. And what they did was they went downtown with the cameras, took the film out, put it in for development, put in new film, got back up to Yankee Stadium. By that time, these guys were ready to put me in jail. 
and when they walked in, they just grabbed the cameras from the two guys and ripped up the film, which, which was not the film they were looking for. And thank God these guys knew what to do. I wouldn't have known. Wow. And uh, as I was leaving, one of, one of the guys downstairs says, if you had gone near Mickey Mantle, he might have been shot. <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. I knew that wasn't true. Today it might but, be. So we got the scene. That's all that matters. And then we went back another day when the Yankees were out of town and got a couple of close-ups of this guy walking down the right field line towards home plate. But then you had access to it. No, I did it. Oh, okay. <laughs> you just did it. So I noticed... You didn't want to have any continuity problems. <laughs> no, of course not. <laughs> Um, the, the camera guys were great. They were great. We just and had the Civil War uniform in a shopping bag, and we went in and were watching the game. And finally, I said, "This is it, guys. <laughs> just put on the uh, Civil War thing over my clothes, and I went. That was it. I was terrified. I, I would have been yeah. really, yeah, I, I would have been terrified too. But you know what? I probably would have done it. Yeah, I would have done it for the shot. Good for you. Yep, would have done it for the art. Do a lot of yeah. crazy stuff for that. I also read that you worked with Taylor Mead and did some some similar stuff. I had the opportunity to to know him and to work with him. He's wonderful. So you did something. What sim- a piece of work! Uh-huh. <laughs> I think his parents paid him a monthly sum to not come home to Detroit. Really? I will pay That's you to I not be my child. Me. Wow. I think that's what he told me. Oh, my God. I remember there was a story. Uh, Andy Warhol was, was contacted uh, by some angry press person, and they said, and, and one of your films is just a four-hour movie of Taylor Mead's ass. And he said, <laughs> uh, he said actually, we do not have a, a four-hour film of Taylor Mead's ass, but we're going to rectify that now. <laughs> <laughs> that's good. That's good. Oh, well, he was all right as the president of the United States. You know, we we just shot this thing. It was fun. Yeah, you went to the White House. Yeah. And Did you have Kennedy permission? Kennedy was in Europe, and so the security was down. Yes. So, uh, tail, and also there was a parade in New York with a bunch of generals, and he went around with a little flag, knowing, watching the film, that he's the president of the United States, right? And the generals are saying, get out of here, leave me alone, which was perfect. (laughs) (laughs) You know, that he had no (laughs) (laughs) say-so. His whole thing was he could never make a decision about anything, so he always ended up saying, what do you think? The president? Yes, Taylor Mead is the president. That's great. That's great. What do you think? (laughs) I don't, he said, I don't know, what do you think? I think that would be me if I was president. <laughs> Interesting character, Taylor. Yeah, I really like the man so much. Um, uh, so, God, I have a bunch more questions, but uh, we don't have a lot of time left because you've been so generous with your time. Um, so I'm just going to ask... That's good. That's a good thing to say on the air, too. Well, it's true. <laughs> it's very true. Um, did you and Elsie, did you befriend my parents at all, or was it just you drop? Robert off, or or they dropped me off. I, I must have been a little of both. 
Okay. Because you're not, because you weren't all that similar types of people. You know, my my dad worked for the government, uh, 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 for for at Picatinny Arsenal. My mom, I didn't know until now, <laughs> worked for the CIA. <laughs> oh my god! I know, I know. I'll tell this story really quickly. Um, one one night, my mom got a little tipsy, and she tells my brother that she worked for the CIA for twelve years. And, you know, it's this big secret. Well, my brother's a writer. So the next day, my brother writes a story called My Mother Worked for the CIA for 12 Years. Oh, no. (laughs) (laughs) The first rule. (laughs) He broke the first rule. Well, at least they didn't meet in the CIA. No, they didn't. Because I know a couple who did. Okay. Yeah, a guy named uh, Jeff from California. He and his wife met doing surveillance for the CIA in Paris, which couldn't have been too bad. Oh, my God. What a romantic way to fall in love. Yeah. Working for the CIA in Paris. Well, uh, thank you so much. And uh, and I'll be... Thank you. And I'll be in touch to, you know, just to hang out and say hello and and catch up on on the stuff that that we won't talk about on the air. I know. I'm excited. Okay. I'm excited to hear okay, those Okay, listen, thanks. It's nice meeting you, too. Thank you. Nice meeting you. And Frankie, we'll see each other soon. Yes. All right. Thank you again. You're welcome. Bye. Oh, my God, that went so well. That was so much fun. Oh, my God. Why'd you end it? <laughs> because there's five minutes left to the show. I know. We should have just gone until the music started. <laughs> I know. And then just put on the music and he'd be like, what is this music about? Why you do that? Yeah, I had important questions. Like, do you like to do pranks? <laughs> <laughs> we didn't get to my important questions. Do you do crank calls? Yeah, and my other important question is if you could create a nonsense holiday. Come on. We'll never know. <laughs> we're never going to know what nonsense holiday he wanted to create. I was going to ask him what was in the peace pipe that they were smoking in uh, in. Uh, 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 Greaser's Palace. See? Important shit. America yes. will never know these important things. Um, also, I love that in the little people scene, that was a real joint, and I could tell from the woman's face that that, that was a real joint that they were smoking in uh, Putney. We didn't even get to our top ten list. No, we, we didn't. Yeah, we don't really have time for that, do we? I don't know. We could try it. Uh, I don't know. I just want to talk about the interview. Okay, let's talk about That's the really interview. That's really fun, right? Yeah. Okay, now that he's not here, tell me all the secrets. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, I cannot wait. I'm so sorry that anybody listening isn't going to get to hear what I'm about to hear. But I'm not. But you're not. I'm not. No, I'm you're not. not. I'm, I'm not. I'm not sorry. <laughs> I didn't tell you this story? No. Oh, well, I'll tell you after the show. Yeah, you, I also don't. Yeah, but, yeah, I'm excited. I love that. Uh, why are you doing this show? <laughs> <laughs> What's the point? What is the point of this show? Does anybody at all listen to it ever? Ever? <laughs> uh, thank you. Thank you for your inquiry. <laughs> but I was I, I would have been happy with a 10-minute interview. I know. We right? thought we were going to get like a quick little, little like, all right, I'm bored. Yep. I'm, I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm but out. No. We should do an after show Cause, with him. Because <laughs> even, you know, knowing me and my family since I was four, if he was bored, you, you you know this man would be out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean. Although when I asked him if he was having fun, he was like, no. I'm here. No. No. He was not having fun. He would definitely have more fun if he was here. But he's honest. Yeah. 
He's honest. I love that. That's so important. Like, oh, yes, I'm having a great time. None of I've that shit. Never had a better time in my life. <laughs> I'm here. Yeah. <laughs> I love that. I did notice that his answers, uh, even at the at the thing that we saw, were very like, mm, no. <laughs> and this is my true feelings. This is how I really think. Yeah, and, but he was don't telling stories with us tonight. Yeah. It was like we were hanging out, not drinking together. I think we did good. Yeah. You've done good, co-host. Oh, thanks. Thanks, host. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I call you host, and I'm co-host. I'm like, yeah, you know, I co-host his show. I'm never like, he's my co-host. Kind of like, you know, I don't think Robin has ever been like, yeah, Batman's my side. Nope. <laughs> Batman's your Batman. <laughs> Batman is your Batman. Yeah. Yep. You're Batman's bitch, Robin. <laughs> yes, you are. Yep. I want to see them have that conversation. Well, we have a lot of notes that we can use for next week. Oh, yeah. Let's and get to all of them use, now. Uh, okay, all of them. Ta-ta type. Top. Ta-ta top. What is that? Oh, I want it. I think I know what that is. You know is. what it is? It's a bikini that looks like a titties. Yes. I want that and I've you... wanted it for years. I know. I want you to get the ta ta top. I want the ta ta top. Oh, ta 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 top. And if I'm going to burlesque camp, I'm going to wear it there. I'm going to wear the. Oh, if you go to burlesque camp, you totally got to wear the ta ta top. I don't know. Am I? I don't know what happened. Did but you, you do need, it? But you don't need the ta ta top. Why? Could I just be tits out? Yeah. No, it's funny. Yeah, you can have your tits out. Oh, yeah. It's funnier if, you can, if you're allowed to have your tits out and you have the ta ta top. Yeah. On. It's so hard to say that so many times. I'm going to have a ta-ta top. <laughs> My next note was diarrhea. Cha-cha-cha. And I'll tell that story another time. Trixie has diarrhea today. Oh, yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. That means technically you don't have to clean it up. Nice. That's that's a little loophole in the law. <laughs> the poop hole. Yeah, a little poop hole in the law. <laughs> if your dog has diarrhea, then you don't have to clean it up. It's so, not your problem. So, yeah. So I was thinking of developing a product. Um, that gives your dog diarrhea? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that's not healthy. Raisins, prunes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. I think that's bad for them. Raisins yeah, I, definitely is. I, I think it's bad for them, too. That's that's why I did not develop the, uh, the uh, what is it, the doggy... I forget the what I called it. Doggy doo-doo the doggy, melter. The doggy doo-doo. <laughs> Smusher. I actually want to... No, but to... if you want to get through a crowd in New York City, uh-huh. um, and I discovered this by doing it, you don't say, excuse me, excuse me. You don't you know, say emergency. You slap emergency. yourself in the face. No, you just go... Say, fuck, just fuck, go, fuck. Diarrhea! <laughs> and it works. <laughs> yeah, it works. People it's not fucking illegal. part. It's not illegal. People you... get out of it's... the goddamn way. Just it's... go, diarrhea! Please, oh, diarrhea! Yeah. No, seriously, diarrhea, diarrhea! Shots coming out of my ass. <laughs> Oh, man. But getting back to dog inventions, I want to invent a nail polish that goes on the dog's nail and it shows you where there's heat from actual blood, like the quick. Is that what it's called? Um, And then it's a different color at the part where you can cut. Wow. Yeah. That's what you think of what I just said? Fuck you. (laughs) Fuck you, too. Fuck you. (laughs) It's a great idea, you asshole. No, I just realized we have 20 seconds left. Well, you know what? Who needs this song? I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Face Girl. Thank you, Face Boy. Thank you, Robert Downey Sr. You're welcome, Frank. (laughs) Frankie. Frankie. (laughs) Thank you all for listening.